0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Doing that, I was face-to-face with it. It was holding me by my throat, and it felt like it was sucking something out of me.
1: I probably should have been more scared than I was when I witnessed the exorcism. And I turned and looked on my right side, when I did, there's there's a beam on the side of the tree, a large beam. It's looking at me, and I'm looking at it.
0: After I hit the lock button and looked back up, I saw red eyes staring back at me.
1: That they're going to show multiple gods all over the earth to be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converged into this one entity which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens are the gods of old. And at that point, it'll like religion out of
0: the context
1: of humanity. No, it couldn't have been a person. I know that. I know that people
0: can't run through the woods like that.
1: So this thing comes into view, and I see it. It's 50 yards away from me. It's walking. It's walking on two legs. It's huge. This is a big, hairy looking bean. fairly recently here, and what a breath of fresh air, this, uh, this woman, her, her title, let's just say would read much like a resume, light worker, exorcist and energy worker, medium, a white witch, psychic cleanser. And a myriad of other things. But I'm gonna let her finish telling you all of the things that she's into. And we're gonna talk about what you can do as far as your own spiritual fortification, should you decide you need it. So, if you would please give a warm, uncomfortable welcome to Miss JJ Rose hi eric hello dear how are you
0: (laughs) i'm great i'm so excited and so grateful to be on with you today thank you so much for having me
1: well i'm thrilled that you're here thanks so much for reaching out
0: yeah that was a fun story in and of
1: itself It, it it was it was indeed um to be fair, uh, we won't get into all of all of this. Uh, JJ is on the West Coast. I am smack dab in the middle of the Midwest. And uh, she, she offered up some of her services to me uh, not quite a week ago, I think. And uh, I was happy to take advantage. And uh, I'll have to be honest she she pulled some pulled some things out of a hat that kind of set me on my ear um i've said this in other shows i am not one that has a a very heavy presence on social media there are not a lot of things that you're going to be able to find out about me other than googling me and finding out that i was married and Probably can find where I live and how old I am and possibly even what school I graduated from. But other than that, I don't check in every time I go into a different room in my house and uh, I don't ask for prayers every time my dog gets a hangnail, nor do I, nor do I post pictures of my children every time they fart sideways in the wind. So nice. so there's not a lot out there about me is what i'm getting at and jj um she she hit on some she hit on some things that were pointedly specific and uh to me that's a that's a pretty good telltale so jj do me a favor why don't you uh, why don't you finish out that list that resume of uh your title of of things that you you do and delve into.
0: Wow. Well, you weren't lying when you said it reads like a resume. Um, Primarily, I am a light worker. I'm an energy worker. I'm an entity cleaner, clearer, um, meaning that I work with energy and entities and remove them from people um, and locations, as well as I'm psychic, clear audio, clairvoyant pre-cog, retro-cognition, meaning I can see the past or the future. Um, I'm also a minister. Um, I am also an eclectic, solitary white witch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a mouthful. And, um, you know, among all these things, some people are probably going to be shocked right now, but I'm also a follower of Christ. And yes, not all witches are pagan. So... um, That's one misconception we can clear up right now.
1: Okay, so not all witches are pagan. Correct. That is... I don't know that that's news to me, but I think by and large, most of the community out there would would tend to believe that they were. So...
0: Well, and I think that's because witches get a really bad rap. I, I think there's a lot of people just due to religion and over the years that, you know, give witches this really bad rap, like they're all evil, they're all, you know, doing things with the adversary, et cetera, whereas that's really not the case. There's a lot of people who are probably devout Christians, Muslims, Jews, and all other religions that are witches as well, whether they know it and acknowledge it or not. I mean, for me, it kind of started, I just had innate abilities that I kind of knew how to do things, but I was raised in a metaphysical Christian household. So,
1: and what is a what what, what, quantify quantify that for us? What is a metaphysical uh, Christian home?
0: Sure. So basically what it means is, I mean, they, There's Bible study, and they still read from the Bible and and follow Christ and what Christ's teachings were, but you take it a step further, i.e., you're dealing with auras, with past lives, with your spirit, different levels of your spirit above and below. Metaphysical just basically means more than the physical. So, you know, reincarnation, things like that, those were all things that were just normal for me in my household growing up that were understood, believed and also in the teachings in the Bible there's ways that you can read it and understand that it talks about that as well.
1: Right, and I think uh, a previous interview with Archbishop uh, Christina Reich, she indicated those those things were available in the Bible as well if you knew where to look for them.
0: Where to look for them and how to read them because you know, again, the Bible isn't just literal. It is living book and it's talking about things on so many. I mean, one verse can be talking about a multitude of things at the same time. So that's kind of more where the metaphysical part comes in.
1: Okay. So here's where we go down rabbit holes in my show and I'm going to distract you. And it's really good that you put together this, uh, this little bullet point, uh, uh piece of paper for me so that we don't bypass anything but you know the the bible the bible in itself you know it's been um deciphered and and reciphered and rewritten and omitted and added to over so many so and many over. generations mm-hmm. um you know <laughs> Here's, here's one of my things, and, and I'm just going to come out and say this, and I'm not saying that I don't believe in Christ. I'm not saying that I don't believe in the God. I'm not saying that I don't believe in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't believe in man. That's what I don't believe in. And yep. <laughs> so, many, uh, so many men, uh, and I, I don't use that in just the, the gender form of it, but man is in what we all are. Um, have had their hands in this stuff that you know it makes me it makes me concerned that you know at what point have have some of these things been omitted and added to in order to create a false narrative that isn't necessarily true and and are people f- that are following the bible i mean is there a potential that some of this stuff is is not intended to be what we're taught it is?
0: Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I'm blessed with the ability to be able to read and speak multiple languages. So I've actually gone back and read a Bible from the 1500s that was in old English and old English. If you're not familiar with it isn't just they say the and thou a lot. It actually is a conglomeration of about four different European languages in one. And being able to read that, I mean, That alone, the verses were completely different. And I know there's been some people recently, um, I found a video online where there was a woman who went back from original Greek and did the Lord's Prayer of what it actually means and the actual interpretation. And it was divinely beautiful. And the depth of it was so much deeper than what we are taught to say you know, at every AA meeting or every mass or whatever church service, I mean, the the depth of the words. there's no way in our current language and how we speak that that could be portrayed unless you really, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll be here for 20 minutes if we try to go through that. But um, you know, I'm, I'm with you, man, you know, the Nicene conference, the Bible was chopped up. There were things omitted deliberately because it didn't go with the church's doctrine I am not a religious person. I don't care for organized religion personally. I feel like it was created and designed to suppress the masses Mm -hmm. and to get people to basically put their head down and serve and do what the controllers wanted instead of really doing the deep spiritual work within yourself and having a divine connection with god creator spirit universe whatever you want to call it um and the work within yourself it's the same way alchemy people think oh alchemy was people trying to turn lead into gold it wasn't it was a personal refinement process but because you know the church would burn anybody who did anything against what they wanted at the time they had to put it into scientific terms to kind of quote unquote hide the information from the average person looking at it so that they wouldn't be burned at the stake. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like I just dropped a major bomb on you right there, but well, no, yeah, it, I mean you,
1: you didn't drop one on me, but but I think what you're saying is going to be a bomb for some people.
0: And you know, here's the thing. I know a ton of very religious people. I'm not saying that the churches are bad. I know tons of priests pastors, um, ministers who have absolutely wonderful, you know, flocks or congregations. I even attend church often, different churches that kind of hop around here and there. Um, I'm not against it. It does not work for me because I don't, I'm not a kind of in the box person as you could tell from my bio, right? Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) you can't necessarily put me into one name kind of encompassing everything. I'm choosy. So when people will meet me and ask depending on who they are and where I want the conversation to go or not go, I can kind of cut them off the path and omit certain things or add other things. But you know, spirituality really is a personal, a personal journey, and it's a personal connection with yourself and with the divine. And I feel like a lot of churches nowadays, it's gotten away from the true spiritual connection, and it's gotten more into we're a community, we feel holier than somebody else, mm-hmm. and you know, they kind of use it as a weapon. And it's anything absolutely
1: that, used as a weapon, it absolutely yes. is. And it's also yeah. used as a crutch, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's used to to create a, a boundary as far as who you can associate with or who, you know, I mean, there's there's people that walk around that they will only associate with a specific um, group, let's say, mm-hmm. let's, without pointing fingers. I'm going to come out and say this, that that is some of the most racist <laughs> um for a be- lack of a better term some of the most mm-hmm. racist people that I have run into and when I say racist I'm not talking about you know what you typically use racism as but they're they're so ungodly judgmental of people yeah. that are not in their group that it is it, it's amazing to me that they cannot see how blind they're being and and the way that they're acting is so uh uncultured and un uh, oh uh just oh my god that just aggravates the hell out of me um
0: (laughs) well it's also not it's not following what Christ's doctrines were i mean jesus didn't hang around with the best of the best and only his cool people who believed in him, he was hanging out with everyone else that society basically turned a blind eye to mm-hmm. because they were the ones who needed the help. So if you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me I'm a Christian and everyone else who isn't is going to hell, I'm going to look at you and say, Hey, that doesn't make sense to me. Because, and I have this actual conversation with someone once where they said, I believe that if someone doesn't believe in Jesus, they're going to hell. And I said, okay, here's a question. You've got a baby who is born in the jungle somewhere. And this tribe has literally been lost. No one knows about them. And the baby is born and dies in 10 minutes. You're telling me that that baby is going to hell because that tribe wasn't ministered to and and therefore doesn't know Jesus. And they looked me dead in the eye and said, yes. And I shook my head and I said, I'm sorry. I don't think we believe in the same God the god that i understand and believe in would never set us up to fail. and it made me so sad.
1: i've had literally that same conversation um <laughs> and i've talked about it on my shows before I, i'm not going to go back into it but yeah, it uh, i am i'm firmly of the belief the older that i get, you know, I, I i did my time with organized religion. i fell away from that. i don't i don't like Going and sitting down and watching a, a, a preacher or a pastor walk out in his three thousand dollar silk suit, I don't like having, <laughs> uh, you know, ten thousand fifteen thousand dollar television cameras, uh, placed throughout the 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 uh, the auditorium where he's doing his ministry. I don't like walking out and having the DVD of that minis- that uh, that sermon that I just sat through ready for purchase as I'm walking out the door. Um, I don't like there being, you know, a coffee house at the front of the church where I can get my Starbucks before I uh, exit for the day. That has nothing to do with God for me. That has absolutely nothing to do with God for me. And right. The older I get, the, the my spirituality is between my heart and my creator.
0: Exactly.
1: And I don't know what that creator is. I'll go on record as saying, I don't know what that Creator is. I don't think it's a elderly gentleman with a long white robe and long flowing beard sitting in a throne of clouds.
0: Staring at you all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I don't think that's it. Um, you know, My mind goes in a lot of weird different places. It would not surprise me to find out that our God, our Creator, is, is extraterrestrial. And I think, I, but, think, I think it's nuts not to think that that could be a possibility because everybody's going around believing in something that is metaphysical as hell. <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, there's, there's no, there's no quanti- quantitative evidence other than your belief.
0: Well, and this is where the metaphysical part comes in for me personally. So, yes, I do believe in agent alien theory. That makes sense to me. Um it, it also makes sense that a lot of the Old Testament was them working probably with or for an alien entity that had better technology and therefore they were following it around. Because in reality, if the real highest of the high God, right, at the absolute highest point of all of our levels, source, creator, the one that we are all a part of, were to speak to us, our head would explode. I do not believe that you can have a conversation with that. There are certain levels that we can talk to our higher selves, but at the highest self, which is one with source or creator, you know, no, not on this level. We're we're a little too far down the food chain. So that being said, for me, you know, the old Testament, even when they talk about blood sacrifice, they're constantly having to sacrifice animals or, you know, people or whatever that to me is blood magic I don't do blood magic that to me is dark and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be upset when they hear this but think about it why would God the creator of everything want you to kill and sacrifice another one of his beings that he created in order just to show glory to him that makes no sense in my brain and that to me also goes to a dark place which is you know, I, I, that's a lot to unpack there already. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just for me, I, there's so many layers of this to explain, to understand. But, you know, getting to know me and where I work, that's where I'm coming from. Is that it's not, God is not a person. He's not a man with a beard staring at us all the time, judging. It's beyond that. It is a part of all of us. We are a part of it. We are an expression thereof. And, you know, when being rude or mean or ex someone else out of your life because they don't believe what you believe, well, then we all sit in our own camps and we're all basically just, you know, joyfully living within whatever belief or delusion that we're in and we're not actually doing any work. We're not on the ground helping people. Some of my best and greatest experiences with, the work that I do have been in some of the weirdest places imaginable. I mean, I literally took confession from someone at a heavy metal show once I've, you know, had, how did that come about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Were you walking around with a sign saying free confessions or
0: not at all? Um, there was a, a girl, she had had a few too many and she's quite tiny And she was trying to get in the mosh pit and I was standing back against the wall and I saw her and I just knew like, no, 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 no. So I went over and I grabbed her and I said, come here, sweetie. And I pulled her under the railing and she looked at me and she said, there's something different about you. You know, God. And I kind of blinked because, okay, this is an interesting conversation starter. And I said, well, I'm a minister and She said, oh, my God, I need confession. Can I tell you my confession? And I said, whatever you want (laughs) to (laughs) do. And I literally took confession in the middle of a heavy metal concert, and that was okay. She felt better after. I'm still friends with her to this day. She's a beautiful person. She, you know, she just, she needed that. And I've had a ton of weird experiences. I mean, in the most random places, and it's a joke with all my friends, like, oh, if you're going to go out, you know with me basically be prepared for some weird stuff to happen and it always does but it's always beautiful it's always spirit working in the most divine way I had one my friend took me to a rodeo I am not a rodeo type person so yes it was my first rodeo <laughs> and we're sitting at some tables in the shade and this big biker man walked up and he's like would you mind if I sit with you sure come on sit down And he just looks over and stares right at me. And he goes, you know, I've been sober for 10 years and I'm just having a really hard time. And my friend looked at me and started laughing and kind of slapped me. She goes, you're up. And we ended up having a wonderful, you know, counseling session. And he left a completely different person than when he sat down. And that spirit working through me, that's not me. I mean, I am a friendly person and I'm here to do the work, but... God put me. I mean, why would I be at a rodeo? <laughs> like, of all places you could find me, that is definitely like bottom of the land. You're, you're, so. taking,
1: you're taking confessions at a Slayer concert, and you're get, and you're counseling people yeah. at a rodeo. All right, I gotta. Yeah. I, so you know, here we go. We we took the wrong off ramp. Uh, we got off the highway a little bit, um, but but we're we're getting back. We're we're coming back to the getting back onto the right highway. But before we do, tell me where where did you get your um, where did you get your training? Where did you how did you come about all these different philosophies and these different uh, um, what's the word I'm looking well, for? <laughs> I'm
0: I'm a bit of a legacy, I guess you could say. Um, I come from a long line on both sides of my lineage. Um, My dad was a minister. My grandma was a minister. Um, On my mom's side, you know, pretty much the spiritually open goes way, way back. I mean, my grandma on that side, Christ appeared to her when she was 12 years old. Um, She had a piano teacher that for whatever reason the piano teacher understood my grandma could see and worked with her privately, you know, and back in the twenties and thirties, that was kind of, no one talked really about that. Um, well where they lived anyway, the spiritualist movement hasn't really made its way out to us, but you know, so I come from a very long line on, on both sides. I actually found out two years ago that I'm a direct descendant of, um, three people who were involved in the Salem witch trials, one who was hung. I am a direct great, 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 great granddaughter of hers, um, which I found out watching the history channel of all things <laughs> <laughs> um, had no clue, but it was interesting because that was something that I remember being, I don't know when you're in seventh grade, hold you're like 11 or 12 and bringing that up in history class. And I remember I was so angry and I wasn't angry because it happened. I was angry because why are we afraid of the witches? Why are we not afraid of the people who were burning them? Right. And that, to me, I think, you know, I, I'm very strong-willed. I'm very passionate about what I believe in. I love to listen to people, though. I've had conversations with, you know, multitudes of people. I remember in high school, there was a guy who you know, totally dressed the goth part and told everyone he was a Satan worshiper. And I went up to him one day after school and I sat down, I said, Hey, you know, would you talk to me? And he goes, Okay And I said, Will you tell me like why do you believe in this? And honestly we had a really open and wonderful conversation and it was sad because in his life he had basically been raised by people who were Uber religious and rammed it down his throat and but they were hypocrites in his mind. So he wanted to do anything just to get the mm-hmm. opposite reaction. And, you know, this is where I, I, my passion of spiritual protection comes into play because I, I like people to be cognizant of what they're dealing with when they're, quote-unquote, just messing around or trying to figure it out or, you know, playing like Ouija boards and ghost hunting and all all the stuff that, that people do, but you know, there, if you're not educated in what you're doing, you can have some serious consequences.
1: Agreed. And, and as far, <laughs> and, and as, far as the education goes, I guess that's what I'm getting at is, um, is, is this just all stuff that you have um, been handed down to or, or have you had formal, uh, formal education or formal training in any of the things that, you know, precede your your name in, in title?
0: So I, I, I guess that's part of me just being a legacy. You know, being raised in a household where both of my parents and other members of the family were psychic, metaphysical, open, you know, having a child like me who's completely open, I was able to be taught at an early age how to control it, how to protect myself, how to clear And then there was a lot of, I just call it like, you know, on the job training (laughs) where things would happen and I'm a knower. That's how I get my information. The majority of the time, I don't always hear source talk to me. Sometimes I just randomly know things and I'd be in a situation that let's say I had, you know, no formal concept of how to handle it. And all of a sudden I just knew how to handle it or I knew what to do. Um, So a little bit of both. Uh, yes, in training because of, you know, my family and, and the wonderful people who were in my life who helped raise me, but also a lot of Dodges putting me in situations and, and, and me with the knowledge of how to handle it. Got you.
1: All right. We're back on the highway.
0: Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're back on the highway. So, where are we going from here?
0: So, let's talk about spiritual protection. Let's. How about it? All right.
1: What does it mean? What does it mean to me?
0: Spiritual protection is a multitude of things. So, the first is there's being cognizant of protecting yourself spiritually. Um, You can do it in a multitude of ways, but... Um, clearing, cleansing, grounding, that's probably the most common term that people might know. The way that I explain it to people is, if you shower daily, then why wouldn't you spiritually clear yourself daily? Okay. Makes sense, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Not for <super> off face. <laughs> so, the reason I bring that up is because, the you know, the first thing that I hear from a lot of people about doing spiritual protection if they're just opening with their gifts is oh I'm not going to feel anything or I'm not going to sense anything then and that is absolutely a misconception
1: Um, let let me stop you here yeah so are we talking about uh, spiritual protection and fortification only for those who feel that they have Uh, a sensitivity or a gift?
0: Well, I believe everyone has sensitivities and gifts. Well,
1: there you go. You know? (laughs) There you go.
0: So, yes. Yes, and we all have them. We're all, some people are more in tune with them. Some people aren't. Um, Some people don't even realize that they have the gift or the talent because they've been taught to ignore it or dumb it down yep. their whole lives. But and honestly, I haven't met one person in my life, and I've met a lot of people who doesn't have some sensitivity or some gift in, in the spiritual realm. Do I? Of course you do. <laughs> you know better than that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yes, you are an empath and you're an intuitive.
1: Okay. All right. That was, I just had to throw that in there.
0: (laughs) Like we talked about this. I know. I know. Um, So go ahead.
1: No, uh, you're, it's all you know.
0: Okay. So I want to bring up, especially with your audience, um, you know, you guys are in a whole different part of the country than I am and things are different. So a lot of people, I can feel the first pushback being as, well, I have natural protection because I pray or because I'm religious or whatever it is. And that's true. We all are born with natural protection. So I am not taking away anything of that whatsoever. If anything, I'm just here to give a couple tips to help boost so that you feel better. Because let's face it, we've been living in a really heavy time the past, you know, Seven years in reality, if you think about it. I mean, emotionally charged, we've got a lot of emotions out there between people and spiritual protection applies to other people as well. Like just the energy. If you go into a mall, for instance, and you're not properly, you know, bubbled spiritually you're, and you're an empath, you're going to walk out of there feeling like you have a storage pod with you of other people's emotions because you're picking up everything like a sponge, which again is why spiritual clearing is important. So some of the natural protections that we're all born with are guardian angels, but here's a little misconception. A lot of people think guardian angels are with us forever and ever and ever. Amen. Yeah, no, they tend to back off when the person is around age 11 or 12 and because, again, we have free will and there are things that you need to experience and go through. Um, this is funny because this time period is also when tweens, I think you call them, when they're like 11 or 12. Because they're not teens yet, but they're tweens. They're almost there. Um, that's also when a lot of them come into their personal powers, And it's usually with females especially, um, usually when they kind of get their witchy gift, mm-hmm. if you will.
1: It kind of comes hand in hand with uh, other other gifts that uh, stay with you for uh, uh, a while. Yeah,
0: and part of the reason is, is your guardian angel is backing off a little bit so that you can come into your own power. And from that, you know, I believe that God, creator, source, universe, whatever you want to call it, is never going to give you more than you can handle. It's never going to put you in a position where you're completely unprepared unless there's a reason or a lesson for it. And therefore, if the guardian angel backs off, you coming into your personal power makes sense because then you're going to naturally kind of know what to do in the situation. The next one is we all are born with a spiritual web. This is basically, like, imagine a huge bubble that's around all of us. And it basically prevents stuff from being able to come in and out without us allowing it.
1: Are you saying around all of us as a, as a, as a group or around all of us individually? Individually. Okay.
0: Everyone's got one. And it's, it's depending on how big the person's aura is, it can be inside. Most of the time I see it outside the aura, but unfortunately things like drug use, heavy alcohol abuse. Um, physical abuse, negative emotions, um, depression, a whole bunch of stuff, the negative stuff can tear this web, which is a lot of the reason why, you know, you'll find the people kind of talking to themselves on the street corner and you realize their, their spiritual web is just ripped to shreds. There's almost nothing left. And you think, oh, you know, they're a drunk or they're schizophrenic and, Maybe they're not. They might just be talking to a whole host of things that are, they're suddenly able to, uh, you know, get in there and attack a little bit more than than you realize. Hmm.
1: I have seen some that they are in, in quite the conversation.
0: Yeah. I mean, and yes, mental illness is a real thing. And this is also something that I'm passionate about too, is making sure that your mental health is being taken care of because if that sadness or if that grief or if that anger just stays and you're not dealing with it and you just want to damp it down or push it aside or really lean into it like some people like to do, that can create rips in the spiritual web, which can create also issues, which is how people can end up getting attacked and you know, and having repercussions later in life, and it just makes it worse, and then they spiral.
1: You say where people can be attacked, mm-hmm. if, if there's a tear in that web. Does that person necessarily have to be uh, in, a, in a position or engaging in some kind of activity where they're inviting that, that attack, or are they just no. susceptible? Susceptible.
0: So remember when you were a kid and you'd go out and you'd play and you'd scrape your knee really bad. Mm-hmm. And most of the time when you would go home, your mom or your dad would wash it off and they'd put like vaccine or Neosporin or something on it. Yeah. Okay. That cleansing and clearing and, you know, putting a stop gap in there so that you don't get infection. So if you think of your spiritual web the same way, if you're doing a whole bunch of stuff that's tearing it up and you're not doing any of the repairing work, meaning clearing yourself out, keeping your mental health nice and happy and healthy and your body, et cetera, then infection can grow. And then you get little googly boogly things that start coming to feed.
1: Oogly boogly, that's a technical <laughs> term?
0: My technical term <laughs> for it, yeah.
1: <laughs> Oogly boogly. <laughs>
0: Yep, I call them little oogly booglies.
1: Let's get all loosey goosey with the oogly booglies.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, some other things I wanted to touch on though is there. There are obviously, personal faith um, is a natural protection, and it doesn't matter if you have it and you were never raised with religion, or it's just your own personal thing, or if you were raised in a religion, you really do have that deep faith. But that being said, faith can be tested on purpose. And it was funny because when I was preparing for our talk today, I went to the Bible to see if there are any messages God wanted to give me. And I kept getting all these references to Job (laughs) in the Bible. And I thought, okay, well, that's actually a really good example of someone who was deliberately tested. I mean, that poor man went through everything, right? In order to fortify his faith, but also to be an example to others of true faith. So, you know, when I hear like, oh, well, I go to church or I pray and I'm fine. Nothing's ever going to attack me because I believe in God. I'm like, yeah, for the most part, you're probably okay. But what if you're not? You know, what if you've let hate into your heart and you've let it fester Mm -hmm. or other things going on? You know, and then the other one is just, someone's soul contract, what they came in with of, of things that they needed to do in this life. And there have been some pretty heavily covered possession cases in history with people who everyone would ask the question, like, why this person? Mm-hmm. You know, either they were young or they were very innocent or like a nun or, you know, someone extremely pious. And the biggest thing for me is spiritual experiences do not happen willy nilly. They don't happen because you just want them to or for the fun and the glamour of it they always happen for an intended purpose and a reason and usually there's a multitude of reasons um sometimes it's for the experiencer to deepen their faith or for something they need to go to or through and then there's also all the people who witness it and or experience it with them for them to glean something out of it i know i've personally experienced this in a really bad you know, possession case that I was called in on to, to help. And everyone who was there who experienced this, no one walked away the same. And it was for the best. Everyone kind of needed a really big reminder that this stuff is real and don't play with things you don't understand.
1: Okay. Well, here, here we go. There's another off-ramp. Um, so when you talk about playing with things that you don't understand, Mm-hmm. There, there are there are a number of things that we don't understand. There, yeah. There's a lot of things that we we have no idea what we're dealing with. Um, so, you know, for let's let's take me for example. Um, mm-hmm. Recently, uh, in the past month, um, I got a call from a, a friend of mine who is running a cottage, and he's been having some some strange things go on in the cottage. Uh, as he's as he's writing uh, a treatment for a movie and uh, he asked that I and my my son come out and hang out for the evening kind of do a reunion of sorts uh, we haven't seen each other in a while and then uh, see if we could drum up some some activity and uh, we did and lo and behold um we got a a quite a few pretty good EVPs. We had a lot of K2 meter interactions, Uh, myself specifically um, carrying out a conversation with uh, a spirit that was uh, answering questions by lighting up the K2 meter. And so I feel personally that I have a, a pretty strong spiritual armor and, mm-hmm. and when I go into those kinds of situations, which, which is not often, I don't do it repeatedly. I, I mean, it's not something that I'm going off and doing on a weekly or, you know, twice monthly basis. It's one-offs here and there. Um, What am I risking when I do that? What am I, you know, because honestly, I feel like I have a very strong spiritual armor.
0: And you do. But not everyone does. And, you know, to speak to that, this is why I've taken time out of my life to do my YouTube and to get the information out there for the people that need it. And the one that I actually released on Sunday is basically about my paranormal investigator um, and how he was doing this for years before I came along And, you know, I, am not trying to rip anyone a new one, but if you're going to be doing paranormal investigating and you're going out there and you are antagonizing something that you don't know what it is and you're trying to rile it up or you're, I've heard people say, you know, and I'm blocking this as I'm saying it, but you know, Oh, whatever it is, come on and enter me or do something to me. I, I mean, that's, total cringe to me (laughs) I uh, this is why I'm not able to watch a lot of paranormal investigative shows because I get so upset and so worried for the people who are doing this Um, and I am a very caring person I do care I care about strangers and you know people that I'm never going to meet in my entire lifetime but I care and I understand that it's fun I mean god I was you know a teenager too and I did all sorts of stupid stuff that I look at now and I'm like oh sweet girl. But I also kind of knew how to get myself out of things, whereas there's a lot of people out there doing this and they don't know how and they don't even realize the importance of having an energy cleaner or a psychic with them to tell them, you know, hey, you've got an attachment or you just picked up a hitchhiker or uh, I'll give one example with something that'll probably make a little bit more sense. So there was a really afflicted person in my life who needed a lot of help. This person had, I mean, maybe a shred of their spiritual web left after the things that they had done. And they had things coming in and out of them constantly. So they had come to me to help because they were in a really bad way. And my cousin was with me. And my cousin had been training also with me, but also with a shaman at the time. And it was kind of an emergency situation where the person literally went down to their knees and all these things start talking out of them. And so I told my cousin, you know, immediately we need to start work. So I start work and I'm very used to my procedure of bubbling myself so that nothing gets in while I'm doing extractions. And I thought my cousin had remembered that part, but because it was an emergency, I guess he didn't. And so as I'm extracting things and he's working too, also... He gets an attachment. Well, this whole scenario was, you know, quite fraught and crazy. So at the end of it, my cousin leaves and he looked a little off, but, you know, it was also kind of a weird night. Right. And so the next day he turns on his radio and he puts on um, this one music artist that he adores. Always an emotional reaction from her singing. And it was nothing. He felt nothing. And then he remembers feeling like everything kind of looked weird and new when he was driving and and in the world. And he's like, this is a really odd feeling. And so later that night, he puts the music on again. And this, apparently the song like always makes him cry on contact. And he's driving and he hears in his head something say, so that's what love feels like. And he goes, what? Like, why would that thought be even in my head? Well, by the grace of God, the, the very next day, he went to go work with the shaman he was studying under. And as he's walking up to the location, the shaman opens the door, takes one look at him and says, what the hell did you let in? <laughs> and immediately starts working on him to remove it.
1: So he, so was, un- reason- he was unaware that something had yeah. attached to him
0: correct. He was aware on one level, but not aware at the same time. And so, you know, the shaman did the removal and the shaman gave him a good, you know, what for as to why didn't you protect yourself going into that situation and really kind of doubled down on, you know, because I'm the cousin and I bug him about it all the time, but you know, it was an emergency situation, but it was, really important in his life. And like I said, they don't happen willy-nilly for no reason. He had never experienced something like that, let alone did he even really have the true belief that it happened. So for him being called into this work, not truly believing that anyone gets a hitchhiker or that dark things can attach, to have the experience of one actually attaching and what it felt like changed his life and the trajectory of his work and what he did and also prepared him for some things that came down the road, which was vitally important. But again, this is why I say you have to kind of stand out, even from your own life, take a step back and look at yourself from a third person. And some of the things that have happened in your life, I can almost guarantee if you do that, you'll see the bigger picture of why these things happen.
1: So next time I go, And I decide to do an investigation like we did before. Mm -hmm. What do I need to do?
0: Bubble up.
1: (laughs) Bubble up, buttercup.
0: Yes, bubble up, buttercup. I have a whole video on it. Um, So the, the most important thing that you can do for yourself whether it's you're going on a paranormal investigation, whether you're going to the mall, you're going to grandma's house where all the family's going to be and potentially arguing, wherever you go. Um, I see it in my core. I see blue ball of energy and then I grow it. And then basically I expand it like a balloon all the way around my body, about three to six inches from my, my skin. And then I do another ball like that in white about 12 inches from my skin. Now the blue is for earthly contact. So that would be people's emotions, you know, the living, human stuff. And then the white is for spiritual protection. And what it does is it basically creates, like imagine like a Teflon armor bubble around you, that the stuff can come at you, but it basically is just going to slide right off. It's not going to be able to get in and to attach. you're still going to feel it. Like, you know, and and that's why I go back to the common misconception of, oh, but if I do that, I'm not going to sense anything. Oh, no, you will still sense it. It's more like, you know, your ring camera going off that someone's at your front door, and you know before they ring the bell. Okay.
1: I'm going to have to start doing that.
0: Yes. Please. I I think...
1: (laughs) You know uh, to be honest Please. with you i think I think that i I do it in not so much as how you described it um, there is a a very um, non non sequential uh, series of things that that i i go through in my mind before mm-hmm. I do something like that um and I'm going to have to – honestly, I'm going to have to take take some time and, and think about what it is I do when I go to do those things and see if – And what do you do that, after? What's that? What do you do
0: after? That's my next question. It's great if you go in prepared, but what are you doing afterwards to make sure you're also clearing?
1: Well, I don't know that I'm doing anything to clear, but I, I, I do remain very um, – very vigilant and very cognizant of whether I'm doing anything that I normally don't do, whether I'm having um, feelings that I don't normally have, whether I'm acting in ways that aren't typical of me. You know what I mean? Okay,
0: good. Yeah, that's important. And And for the people who go out there and they're doing ghost hunting and stuff, you know, is it preferred that you would take a psychic or have an energy cleaner? Yes, it is, in my opinion. Everyone's different. You can live your life. That's fine. I'm not judging. But if you can do these things before you go in and when you leave, you'll feel a whole heck of a lot better and you have a lot less risk of having things happen to you or your family because depending on where people are going, I mean, there's some really icky, gross stuff out there.
1: So the next time I go, mm-hmm. I can call you and you can do this for me.
0: Yeah, I can do it remote. Okay. Yeah. And I can also help. So if there are paranormal investigators out there and let's say you don't have a psychic and you don't have anyone in in that wheelhouse with you email me and say, hey, we went on this investigation. We know we got something. We don't know what it is. And I can remote check into it and at least advise, hey, this is probably what you're dealing
1: with. I'm going to do that because the, the location that we went to um, came about right about the time I was doing my interview with Archbishop Christina Rake, and she offered those services to me as well. Um, nice. I sent her pictures. I sent her the specific physical address of the, the cottage And she she had told me that she was going to um, basically remote view the area and and give me her thoughts on what was going on there. Uh, I specifically asked her not to do it until after we got done and um, had a chance to go through all uh, all of the recordings and all of the evidence because I didn't want there to be anything tainted. I wanted to see if what she said matched up with any of the stuff that we caught. Unfortunately... Um, Archbishop is, uh, well, not unfortunately, I mean, good for her. Um, she's actually been uh, taking a position as a faculty with a community college teaching some courses, so she has become uh, even more inundated with, with work than what she was able to, and I basically just told her, I said, don't worry about it, and, you know, we'll we'll revisit it another time. So maybe what I'll do is I'll send that stuff to you, and uh, ask you if you can do the same. And uh, I'm about halfway through the evidence review, and uh, at the time that I get everything complete, maybe you can give me some thoughts on, on what you thought was going on there. Because I know uh, probably in the next two weeks at some point we're going to be revisiting that location.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a ghost or two, and there's a lot of lurkers around there. Um some shadow entities, and there's a portal at the... Okay, when you walk in, at the very, very back on the left side, if you look up, there's either a hole in the roof or something like that, but anyway, there's a there's a portal there.
1: Okay, now that's not fair.
0: <laughs> 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 I remote view very quickly. I don't have to... You know, sit down and, and do a lot of information just comes to me, which I'm blessed. I know that I'm unusual and um, versus a lot of people, but I also have a lot of years of doing this.
1: So just like all the way to the back and to the left or just yes, back to the left? As far back as you can go
0: to the left. In that, that back corner. Not in the corner. It's it's like three feet out from the corner, up, and then like take a step forward from the wall, and then look up. Okay.
1: Well, I mean, I might as well say that that <laughs> if if I were following your directions to, mm-hmm. that was where we were receiving. Some very, um, strange K2 readings. They were, <laughs> they were, um... Lighten up? Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a portal there. And just to be clear, because there's a lot of talk about portals, and I I can't listen to everything in the world, well, right now anyway, but... I try to kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's out there and what's being talked about. And Mm -hmm. I do hear a lot of people talk about portals. The reality of it is, almost every place has a portal. Okay. But there are portals that are safe, meaning, okay, friends and family could kind of come in and come out or your spirit team. And then there's portals that have, you know, gotten a little dank and dark or just ripped. And those are the ones that you get the the hinky stuff coming through and the not so nice stuff.
1: I'm starting to hate the word portal. <laughs> I am because it, it is it is so overused it and is. and it's 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 used in you know, any number of paranormal conspiracy um Bigfoot Dogman, entities, UFOs, you know, everything is, is a portal now. And I actually, my, mm-hmm. my most recent episode was called portal babies. So, um,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you, you'll have to go listen to the, to, to the episode to understand the, the, the connotation to that portal babies. But, um, when you say portal, you're you're talking about a, uh, a a liminal space that, for whatever reason, the veil is is thinner at those points, correct?
0: Yes, it's an entry point. Yeah.
1: And are they always there? Do they move? Are they? Yes,
0: they can move. They can move depending on who's living in this space or who's occupying the space. Um, There can also be other ones that open up. I've been to a home that there were like 19 of them (laughs) before because someone was doing some stuff they probably shouldn't have been doing to begin with and opened a whole bunch of them up.
1: Now, are you seeing Um, these things physically? I mean, are you physically seeing these? Are you seeing a, um, seeing it in your mind's eye, or is this just a sense that you have that, that it, it exists? I mean, I like mean when you walk above, into a room, you're not seeing a, a, a literal portal sitting there floating in the air, are you? I can. Really?
0: Yeah. And Sometimes, what are they, I just, what you know, when like? I'm remote viewing, obviously it's in my mind, right? Like, it's in mm-hmm. my mind's eye. But, I mean, for instance, in my house, there's a portal, and I can see it and I check it often. And unfortunately, it's in kind of like a closet. So, but it's where a lot of, you know, my and my husband's spirit team comes in and out. And sometimes I get friendly visitors that, you know, pop in and out. And sometimes I'm sitting watching TV and I feel someone staring at me and I turn around and there's someone popping their head out of the closet.
1: (laughs) Are they just there or are they there for a reason? Are they the, are they're
0: always there for a reason.
1: So a reason specific to those who inhabit that area?
0: Typically, yes. Okay. Um, you know, they're in spaces that are, are like no one lives there, they're abandoned or places like that. Because I keep, I don't know why I keep saying this abandoned kind of like cement structure Like, it's all overgrown with you, and there's, like, some windows that have been broken or missing. Um, Whatever that space is in regards to you, that place is because a lot of people have used it over the years. It's like a drinking spot or a hangout spot, and, you know, lots of emotions and lots of heavy stuff in there, which kind of opened up some more portals. Hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but... It will. You're,
1: make, you're, make, you're making me sound like I, I live on the streets.
0: No, 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 no. This isn't your house. This is a yeah. place that you've either investigated or you're going to investigate. Okay. Yeah, it's it's like cement. Um, I can't. It kind of looks like old commercial to me, but it's very abandoned. Like we'll an industrial
1: park. Like an abandoned industrial park.
0: Yeah, but smaller. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll maybe this... that one's coming or maybe that's for someone who's going to listen to this, who's going to say, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But that's an example of where portals can be opened up. So in homes, like let's say you were to buy a new home and the home itself, you know, was built in the 50s and it's had three different families live in it over the years. When you and your family move in and you guys anchor yourself to the location, the portal can move, and then the portal kind of resets to you and your family. Now, there can be overlap, which is usually that weird kind of moving in period where there's a lot of ruckus, which can kind of rile things up, and then things have to move with the people who moved and then get accustomed to you. And that's typically when people report a lot of activities, when people are moving in or out, or there's like a drastic change in the living situation.
1: You know, what, I'm I'm going to throw you a loop here. I want to I want to jump way back. Um, okay. I want to jump way back to when you were talking about uh, guardian angels, and they their sure. their tendency to back off in the uh, in the teens just before, in the uh, years just before the teens. Um, you and I had talked previously, like I said, and in you know a couple of other uh, psychics had both touched on a very specific spirit that they saw around me and you yourself even agreed that that spirit was around me and you 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 told me the name the spelling of the name um i forget what it was now um
0: p-i-o-t-r yeah
1: now i'm obviously not in my teens anymore. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm just just slightly out of that age range. All right. um, what? What could you tell me as far as why why is it why is it still with me?
0: Well, he's part of your spirit team. He's part of your protection, which is probably why when you go on paranormal investigations, you feel. Protected going in. Okay.
1: There's no, there's she's no, not, there's not no bad, there's no back, bad backside to he's around me because there's, I'm like going to get into some serious shit or anything, right?
0: No. I mean, we, we all have them. Okay. I mean, every, everyone does. Some are, you know, they move around, some are kind of more on the forefront at different times than others, but, you know, my husband had this awesome experience This one, I, I had been kind of praying for a while that he would understand his spirit team a little bit more. And he had this dream one night where he was walking into kind of like an outside gazebo. And in his mind, it was a cemetery, but he said it was a beautiful garden and the sun was shining and there was like hundreds of people. And as he's walking in, he feels like he knows everyone, but there were a lot of people that he, he couldn't tell them like how he knew them, but he knew them. Mm-hmm. And um, this whole experience went on and, and at the end, he turned around and he just said, the love I felt from everyone was deeper than anything I've ever felt in my life. And he woke up and he told me and I, I said, oh, thank God, you finally met your spirit team. And his eyes, you know, bugged out of his head a little bit. And he was like, that's my spirit team, all those people? And I said, yes. If we understood how many people, you know, spirits are looking out for us and are helping us, we would understand, you know, the little willy-nilly stuff here and there. Let bygones be bygones. Let it go. We have way bigger fish to fry in this world. And in these lives.
1: Interesting. All right. Where are we at now?
0: (laughs) All right. So um kind of jumping all over the place. Um that's my fault, I'm sorry. That's all right. I love you. I love it. Um, it's important to protect ourselves spiritually for a multitude of reasons. So obviously the first is people, right? If you interact with people or you know people, thoughts are things. So when you think a thought, you create a little bubble. And let's say you think something kind about someone. Well, they get this little bubble that kind of sticks to them of, of that nice thought. But if you think something mean or angry or nasty about someone, you create a negative bubble and it sticks to them. And I've seen this play out in my life and in some of my friends that maybe years and years ago when they were kids, people would make fun of them about, you know, X, Y, Z, right? Or physical trait or something or whatever it was. And years later, when it's no longer an issue anymore, they still have a hang up about it. And it's not because people made fun of them. It's because they haven't cleared those negative bubbles. And... And some of the work that I do when that clearing happens, all of a sudden it's not an issue for them anymore. So thoughts are things, things people be kind, be kind in your thoughts, be kind in your actions because
1: everything matters. That sounds familiar. I may have heard that somewhere else before. I'm not sure.
0: There's a great uh, book that I, I read years ago called the circle of five and, um, the author used to say thoughts or things. <laughs> so, I know I'm not I'm not original with that. That was not my work. But besides people, you also have a multitude of reasons to make sure that you're spiritually protected and fortified. When you're having a spiritual awakening, it's one of those situations where, when you're waking up, everything is brand new. It's like you're seeing the world through a whole new lens. All of a sudden. And it's very common people aren't protecting themselves during that time and then things can go pretty sideways. So if you are having a spiritual awakening, it's very important to do spiritual protecting and clearing. And also, you know, just to reduce or eliminate spiritual attacks and attachment. And then another one, which is keeping our cords healthy so that we have good mental and emotional well-being within ourselves. So a cord is basically a energetic tie to another person. And if you make friends or you're in relationships or if you're family, um, we create cords. And let's face it, there are some emotional vampires out there. So and you're, they you're, t- you're, talking,
1: you're talking about a metaphysical tether from from us to someone else. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so that cord can be healthy, meaning there's an even exchange of energy, right? And then it can be unhealthy where one person is siphoning off from the other or one person literally has a hold on another person um, that sometimes when they'll attack like a chakra or an energy center within the person. So I had a friend who had one of these, And it was, it was huge. This thing was probably if you made a fist about that big of how it burrowed in. And what was fascinating is she was in a relationship when she was in high school and they totally thought they were going to get married and they ended up breaking up right at the end of her senior year. And she's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you know, looks like a model and such a sweet, adorable, wonderful woman And she would get in these relationships with men and they would almost instantaneously tell her, I'm never going to marry you. And it was one after another, after another. And all she wanted is to get married. That's really what she wanted is to, to find her person and and to get married. And it was like, they would almost start the relationship telling her, I'm not going to marry you. I'm never going to marry you. And she would work on it and try and try. And then they'd eventually break up. So Finally after, you know, umpteen of these, we decided to do some work together and I look at this cord and it was from her boyfriend in high school and he was so upset at the breakup and how it went that he had attached this cord to her and basically dug it in almost like a gnarly rose kind of. Um you know when roses get old, how their roots get really gnarled? Mm-hmm almost like a tree, kind of like that. And so I told her, I'm going to pull this cord, like it's time. He needs to let you go and let you have a life. And we were alone. It was completely silent inside the house at the time. And when I pulled it, there was an audible pop that we both heard. (laughs) And both of us kind of looked at the other like, whoa. And I mean, she almost fainted the poor thing of just having this thing pulled. And we did some healing work on it. And what do you know, a year later, she meets the man of her dreams, and now she's happily married.
1: Oh, good for her.
0: Yeah. How do we... How that, do we oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, that's an example of a cord that goes bad, and why it's important to check in on those cords and make sure that they're healthy.
1: So, how do we recognize these energy vampires, these light suckers, these, um, these, <laughs> these people that drain the... Drain the goodness out of us and and depress us with their um, their involvement in our lives. How do we recognize those before it becomes too late? Because I've well, you- I've I've made a very conscious effort uh, since my divorce to eliminate those types of people from my life. Um, several of them have been I've known through previous contact, you know, and just reevaluating the relationships that I had and mm-hmm. and decided to, you know, cut them, cut them loose. Um, but how do we, how is, how can we avoid is, is with your, your terms of spiritual protection and armament, is there a way that we can uh, protect ourselves from even coming into contact with them at some point?
0: Well, I mean, just like everything, right? They exist. So you're going to come into contact with them. The, the main thing to protect yourself from them is to not be a food source for them. So if you're bubbled up properly and you're protecting your own energy, you're not a food source. You're not an open refrigerator for them to go take as much energy as they want from. But if you're a bleeding heart and you want to help everyone, which is very commendable, and trust me, I am myself. I'm still working on, you know, healthy boundaries. But when it comes to just how you were saying, when you're with them, you feel exhausted afterwards. When they call you, you almost sigh before you answer the phone. When you're, um, you know, hanging out with them, you feel feel like the life force is being sucked from you and they get brighter and you dim. That's your first sign right there that you've got an energy vampire. And to be honest, a lot of them don't know that they're doing it. They're, they're honest to God. They're probably really, really needy people and they don't realize they're doing it. Another way. And it's funny because this story came up this morning for me in my mind. I was like, why am I even remembering this? But and of course you bring up this conversation, but I there was a, a woman that started working with me years ago and she was just so bright and happy and you know, just full of joy and vigor and I liked her. And But what I would notice is every time i go to talk to her, I would have my hand over my belly. And I don't stand like that. Like that to me is very weird, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so I started realizing every time I'm talking to anybody else and my hands are doing what my normal hands do. I don't know, probably talking or moving around. And yet she would come around and instantly my, my hand would just fly to my belly. And so I kind of went with it for about a week and then her and I were talking alone and she's getting closer and closer and closer to me. And I keep backing up with my hand over my belly And finally I told her, I said, do you understand that you're literally trying to bleed me dry? And she goes, what? And I said, don't you notice every time I talk to you, I have my hand over my belly. That's my power center. You're, you're trying to steal my energy. And I know it's not cognizant. You're, you don't know that you're doing it. And to her, this had been a reaction. Apparently people had been giving her her entire life and this is the first honest conversation where someone had, you know, actually called it out. And so I worked with her a little bit on getting her own energy and grounding and it stopped. And then I could talk to her without having to protect myself. But that would be another way. If, if every time you're talking to the person or they come near you, you put your hand on your belly or over your heart, that might be your body's way of letting you know.
1: interesting okay so beyond beyond our beyond protecting ourselves from the negative people and and the uh, the, the energy suckers that we're we're talking about um, there's there's a hierarchy of of things that are beyond our our cognizant Vision. Yeah. <laughs> <What>, yeah. <laughs> let's. Uh, can Can you kind of can you delve into the the hierarchy the uh, um, the the multitude of things that are are going bump in the night?
0: Absolutely. So I did an episode on this and on my YouTube. It is an hour long, just so everyone knows. But the reason I did it the way I did on my YouTube is because I had to go from the light to the dark. Otherwise, I was just getting bombarded because conversations like these basically send up like a light beacon and obviously things want to come on in and stop that. So when you think of the spiritual hierarchy, think of it kind of like a business, okay? So you have your on the ground workers or some people will call them like your grant workers. And then you have management, right? Like middle management, I think they call it. And then you have your, you know, a little bit higher up, your middle management, and then you have the executives and then you have like the president or the owner of the company. It's kind of the same thing with the hierarchy. So oogly booglies are kind of the first one. Again, with the
1: scientific terms.
0: Absolutely. That's what I've <laughs> named them. <laughs> um, I do that kind of deliberately to take a little bit of power away from them, but also because they, they to me, they kind of look like big slugs and cockroaches, but like not cute cockroaches, like big old sluggy, grody things. Um, so I just call them oogly booglies because they're not really scary. They're just energy suckers. They're attracted to the darkness basically, um, and negative emotions. And so they kind of feed. So there've been times when like I'll be in a location where something awful happened and you'll see a whole bunch of them kind of around, just kind of feeding off the energy. Okay. And then after that, you get parasitic enter- entities. Um, these are, it's an even exchange, right? They're basically siphoning off the energy from the person, but they're keeping the person in that negative mindset. So these are the people that you've heard their forlorn tale 80,000 times. You've tried to give them advice and help and ways to overcome it, and they always give you the but, 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 and they're stuck in the cycle, right? This is usually when a parasitic entity is involved because the parasitic entity wants the person to keep pumping out the negative stuff, so therefore they kind of keep them in a loop in order to do that and get what they want. You know, then we have actual ghosts. So not everything is a ghost and a demon, okay? (laughs) Um, Ghosts are actually pretty scary, to be honest. Ghosts are human beings that lived, died, and refused to cross over. And that takes a lot of willpower to do. Because honestly, when you pass away and you're shown the other side, you really want to go. Mm -hmm. Um, so to want to stay here, to be stuck, takes actually more energy than them being able to move on. And that's usually they're, they're not too happy about things. And usually they're kind of scary and nasty. And then there's, you know, what I call the nasty bit, which I'm going to lump a whole bunch of stuff into that. But you know, they, they're dark entities. They are of the darkness and they can shapeshift and do all sorts of stuff and make things go bump in the night and be kind of scary and and do stuff like that, mess with electronics and, you know, cause bad dreams and all that loveliness. Um, Then kind of the next after that are the chaos entities. Um, Poltergeists are part of this classification. There are a lot of other words for them as well, but they kind of cause chaos. That's usually the phone call You know, oh my God, you know, all my cabinets are opening and closing or, you know, my laundry was nice and folded and now it's all over the room. Um, They're just kind of causing mayhem and they're brought in after the oogly boogly, the parasitic entities, the nasty bits have already been there and they basically psychically report back to management and say, hey, we got like a really good feast over here. You guys probably should come on in. This one's right for the pickin'. And then you get them and then if everything is in good order and they have a nice tasty meal and an open person that's when you'll actually get the actual demons to come in. But the demons really aren't happening everywhere. I know you and I have talked about this before. Mm. It's something I'm passionate about saying.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I, I think the word gets overused um, usually you know in, in haunted sites you're dealing with dark entities demons really have two objectives A is to possess an aka ride someone meaning they're in their body they're riding them around and the other is they are there for like a major impact um, you know they're not called in until
1: so you're talking all the like and, they're there for shock and awe yeah yeah absolutely so you know what I was experiencing down in the basement in 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 the back part of the back part uh at that cottage um I mean I never got any uh I, I never got any you know i mean there was there were a couple of moments where I had chills you know that was like, holy crap, I'm actually interacting with something here, but there was nothing that was uh at all terrifying or um even even scary is as, as much as it was just kind of a holy crap you know
0: <laughs> well, then you are probably I, working with some light beams because just how the dark has its hierarchy, so does the light
1: so let's talk I about there let's let's talk about the 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 flip side of of the hierarchy that you just talked about and what what other things can we experience that are on the on the not so dark side of things
0: well on the light side there are you know your spirit team there's um you know deceased family members that are coming back with a special message or to help someone through something there are you know spirits of the light who are there to help people through transitions in life And I don't mean dying. I mean, you know, like going through a breakup or a divorce or a family member passing away. And that's kind of when they come in, it's also to help them sometimes with employment changes or major changes and transitions in their life where their spirit team's like full there. Now I obviously I have spirit animals. Everyone does. Not everyone knows what they are. Not everyone's really cognizant of them. Mine are wolf and crow. Um, which is kind of why I get called mama wolf sometimes, be protective. But wolf and crow in nature have a symbiotic relationship. So the crow will fly above and will find the food and then alert the wolf, and the wolf will go and hunt it. And then the wolf will allow the crow to eat, they share the meal basically. So it's kind of a joke with my friends that when they're ignoring me or I know they need help and they're not reaching out to me when they should be, um, that all of a sudden crows will start appearing and then usually they laugh and they'll call me. But I actually had one where the person was deliberately not trying to talk to me about something they were going through and a crow followed them through the parking lot and walked in the store with them. (laughs) And, You know, and finally they picked up the phone and they were like, okay, fine. (laughs) Um, But I've also been places where, you know, my spirit wolf is very much with me and people will turn around and say, you can't have a dog in, and then they'll stop and I'll just smile and say, don't worry, she doesn't shed, you know, (laughs) like because people realize they saw something for a second, but it's not a physical dog. So you know, those can appear, and those can help. And and then there are just all sorts of transitory things that, I mean, light, dark, somewhere kind of neutral, they're just, they're existing, like the fae or gnomes and things like that. They don't necessarily have to do anything with us, but they're there, and sometimes you can get little EVPs of them or nature spirits, depending on where you're at, that are just kind of curious and want to come over and then, You know, your equipment will get hit on it. But that's why you don't feel anything negative from it. Because they're just there existing. They're curious about you just like you are about them.
1: Mostly human spirits? No,
0: I would say this might shock some people. If we were fully cognizant of how many other things we are sharing space with, we would feel a lot more insignificant than we, we do. We are not the majority on this planet.
1: Can you be a little more specific than that?
0: (laughs) All right. I'll try. (laughs) Um, Just with other entities and, you know, there's all sorts of names for different things, but there's so many layers upon layers. And so with, Myself and my understanding is we have seven levels below us and then we have 77 levels above us. That's why my YouTube is JJ Rose 777 and that's to represent all of our levels. So if you think about the fact that as you and I are sitting here talking right now, we have 77 different versions of ourselves above us doing different things and seven levels below us as well.
1: Doing entirely different different things. Doing entirely yeah. different things or doing things that are very similar, just slightly different?
0: No, some of them entirely different. Okay. So we're existing on multiple layers at the same time. And therefore, you have those things. I mean. Which is, you
1: know, something, which is something that I've always thought moments of deja vu. Yeah. are Are a, a recall of having done that thing somewhere else yeah, on a different plane.
0: Exactly. And there are, you know, probably three to five levels above us are what we're really able to communicate with, i.e. our higher selves. Anything above that tends to be way above our pay grades. And, and therefore the communication isn't, going to be direct. They're going to kind of hand it down to one of the levels above us that can actually communicate with us. Um, and then there's the levels below us that we're not even cognizant of either. But if you think of all the various spirit teams that each and every individual in this world, all seven billion, is it? Are we billion or are we?
1: Oh yeah. I don't yeah, even yeah, know how yeah, many yeah. people there's, on this planet. <laughs> billions.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. All the billions of people on this earth, right, right now have, I would say, anywhere between 50 to 400,000, yes, I did just say 400,000, different spirits working on their spirit team. Some of those are ancestors. Some of those are, you know, versions of their higher selves working with them. And some of them are just completely different entities that are here to watch, learn, guide, assist. You know, not everything that dies was human.
1: That's 400,000?
0: Some people, yes.
1: Is, yeah. it, is it part... Is it? Is it partially based on uh how do I want to phrase this so uh, when you when you talk about um our spirit being re- resurrected into a new bottle a new body
0: you mean reincarnated
1: okay yeah we'll use that word
0: <laughs> okay
1: um and and we go through life again mm-hmm. and you know there's some there's been some people that I've talked to that I, I hold in pretty high regard where they, they speak that, you know, each each time around, after death, there is a um, an amount of ascension that takes place. Mm-hmm. And that after a certain amount of time, your spirit is looking less and less like a human spirit and more of something at a higher level.
0: So it's a similar concept to what I'm saying, just different. So they're making it sound like your level that you're on right now is going through this ascension process, right? You are just different. You're also, so at the 77th level above, you are one with God, creator, spirit, universe. Okay. Okay? So, there are no genders at about level, I think it's 54 and, and up. There are no genders. Everything's androgynous.
1: There is no male, female, or Boy, you know, there are a, other genders there's, besides that. There's going to be a lot of people from today's <laughs> t- <laughs> today's population that's going to be really pissed off about that if they can't complain about what their gender is.
0: Well, you know, but the thing of it is, it's kind of interesting to watch what's happening now, like with the non-binary movement. There are people who are coming from higher levels and they're coming down to this level to incarnate, to experience because of the time that we're going through. So to them, they don't feel like either gender because they came from a place where that wasn't important. And therefore... When they come down here, they're kind of confused. Like, what do you mean I have to ascribe to this or that? And there are people too where it, from reincarnation, your last life, you were a man, you get put in this life, you still are picking up from that last life and you don't feel right. You feel like you should be a woman. Or and everything in between. I mean that the whole gender thing, I think honestly, we we make more of it than needs to be made everyone is a snowflake. Everyone is unique, just like everybody else. (laughs) Okay. And yes, I see the irony in that, but (laughs) that's kind of why I say it is live and let live. Someone else's experience is going to be different. I was, you know, when I was little, there was a word tomboy that was used, right? Because I always played with all the little boys and we always did fun stuff like, you know, climb trees and, you know, tripper bikes out and stuff. But yet I'd go to school and I'd wear a dress and, you know, my cute little shoes and frills and stuff. And that was, that's fine. And.
1: And we loved you I guys. Under- we loved you guys. Cause we got to go play with you just like we were playing with our buddies. But then when we went home and we were eating dinner and we could think about you a little bit differently. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you're like five or six. Well, I don't know what was happening to be honest. That's true. But. At the same time, there are people who are incarnating currently and have been for about the past sixty years who are coming from higher levels and they're deliberately coming back here to this level to kind of help out, to basically help everyone to level up a little bit, which is why you hear about people having mass spiritual awakening. And, you know, the last couple years, I won't name what happened because I know it it automatically ticks a box on somewhere, but the thing that's been happening the past couple years that kept most of us at home, that thing, the whole reason why a lot of people have been having spiritual awakenings is because all the distractions got taken away and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're stuck with just yourself. And I know at least 15 people who have had amazing spiritual awakenings during this time period. And it's all because they finally were able to slow down long enough to take stock of what was happening. And then their eyes got all big and they start realizing this process was happening years before. They just weren't tuned into it. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're full hog in it, which is great. And that's happening because we're at a time frame where we're almost out of time. Our existence of how things were before the past two and a half years, that's not going to change. We have to adapt and change or we're not going to exist anymore.
1: Well, not only were there a lot of spiritual awakenings during that time, but there were also a lot of OnlyFans accounts created. A lot of what? (laughs) OnlyFans. Oh, my God. (laughs)
0: Hey, girls got to get through college, you know, (laughs) got to make a living, you know, and, and I don't judge. I know people from probably every walk of life. I love them all equally. I find people fascinating. I think if we all, as you know, people took more time to actually get to know other people and understand them, I think there'd be a lot more kindness in the world because To be honest, every single person I've met, everyone has an extraordinary backstory that is so perfect and unique that makes them them, that without all those experiences, they wouldn't be who they are. I just, I find that so beautiful. And I say if there's any expression of God's spirit creator source, it's, it's through every individual. And even with animals, every animal is different.
1: Mine is definitely different. (laughs) <laughs> he's li- literally sitting here staring at me <laughs> giving me the stink eye while i'm doing this
0: <laughs> oh just want to pet that's all <laughs> <laughs> so you know back to getting on the highway again so ways to protect ourselves just kind of like an easy breezy beautiful cover girl is salt showers and place of salt under your bed where your head lie that alone I, I hear a lot of people complain about they're not getting restful sleep they wake up and you're still exhausted and you know it's been a heck of a couple years that we've been living through and especially if you are empathic or sensitive you're picking up a lot of energy just in the world even if you're not talking to people or watching tv etc cetera. But the plate of salt under the bed, and I know I asked you to do that as well. Mm -hmm. And I did. Thank you. It helps absorb the negativity from your day. And it also helps dissolve and pull out the energy that isn't yours. So when you wake up, you actually feel way more refreshed. And honestly, for all of your listeners out there, if you guys could just try this, even if it's one night. Uh, If you don't have an under the bed, if you can put salt in a paper bag, not plastic, please, because that's a little funky, but a paper bag and put it in between the mattress or, you know, put it under your pillow. I understand some people have animals and so putting things under the bed doesn't work, but get it under there somehow. That will help. The other thing is when you shower, throw some salt on the bottom of the shower floor and make sure you walk on it and or do salt scrubs.
1: And what kind of salt? You, what, what kind of salt are we talking about here? Is it gonna be Himalayan salt. salt? Does it have to be a salt lamp? Does it have to be? It
0: doesn't. Any kind of salt. I'm not picky. Anything's better than nothing.
1: Is there any one better than the other?
0: It all depends on the person. There's times when I felt like pink salt or black salt or you know the, the rough sea salt. For me, the rough sea salt tends to work best but I've seen with other people where literally I've gotten the pull to use other types of faults. So go with whatever you're drawn to.
1: Okay. How do I bubble up?
0: All right. So that is seeing the energy, the blue bubble from your core, expanding that out three to six inches, set it in, forget it, and then doing the white bubble as well. Same thing. Once you set it, you can forget it it's there
1: what am i pulling from what you know with what am i pull what am i pulling the blue from what am i pulling the the light from am i am i focusing on 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 spirit or on on um you know my my beliefs or am i just manifesting generating something from myself
0: you can do it either way Um, most people are connected to source one way or another, whether they want to be or not, we all just kind of have, I call it a rod to God. Basically, it's just this big, huge connection line from the, from our heads going straight up to source, but the universal source, um, you can pull from that. If you're feeling very low energy, then pull from that. If you're feeling fine, then it's naturally just going to come through you and you're going to be able to manifest it. And it does help if it is yours. I can, you know, like when we were doing our session last week, I'm able to bubble you and protect you myself. And even before this episode and asking you to protect Mm -hmm. the space, but it's nice when you do it for yourself.
1: Okay. What about, uh, what about trinkets? What about uh, sigils or um, effigies or anything like that? All that, a bag
0: of chips. Yes. So if you have a religious item or a religious trinket or protective artifact or, you know, a crystal or for some people, you know, a pentagram, um, some people do the red string around their wrist or um, the evil eye um, sigil type thing that sometimes happens on uh, bracelets or on necklaces that you can get, any of that works. It's just an added layer for me. I usually use the the red bracelet because it's, you know, I'm always looking at my hands, right? And so I'll always look at my hand and just, it's a double reminder, you're protected. Um, Sigils, I don't recommend doing sigils unless you're really practiced and you understand what you're doing. Because sigils can call things as well as banish things. So I would not recommend the average person do that. And the biggest one, honestly, is prayer and faith. I mean, I have had people in situations where, you know, they had no real religion, no real faith in anything, but something happened and all they said was help. And something came and helped them. Um, The big thing for me is don't use, the name of something you don't believe in thank you thank
1: you thank you thank you
0: yeah if you don't believe in jesus please don't call on jesus to come save you i mean unless you want to suddenly believe in jesus just the same way that i wouldn't go out and call on another entity or deity that i don't understand or believe in i have had you know deities show up and usually to me, it's a calling card of something that I'm going to be working on or something that they're working with me through. But I'm not, you know, dialing in and, you know, just trying to call up any deity that I can for assistance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a big one. No matter what you do, call upon your faith.
0: Yes, yeah, not someone else's.
1: You have to have belief in, in what you're calling on. Yep. And I don't care Absolutely. who I don't care who it is. But you have to have the faith there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if you believe in Harry Potter and that's all you got, then call on Harry Potter. I don't it doesn't matter. I mean there's no judgment, it's a personal thing. You just have to believe in it and have faith that it is going to come and work. And you know, I've, I've had people come to me and be like, oh, I want to work with, you know, some older gods or deities. And I'm like, do your research before you just start entering into contracts with things that you don't know or understand, because there are deities that require sacrifices or require submission or require certain things from you in order to do the work. And they get mighty upset if you don't come through on your end of the deal.
1: I've said this before. Payment is always rendered. Yeah.
0: And don't mess with things you don't understand. <laughs> I'm clenching my teeth as I'm saying that.
1: <laughs> JJ. Yeah. This has been wonderful.
0: It's been awesome talking to you, Eric. Thank you so much for having me on and letting me prattle. <laughs> oh,
1: it's been my pleasure, dear. Listen. Listen. Any any final thoughts before I ask you to let everybody know where they can get a hold of you at?
0: Just be kind to yourself and kind to others, honestly. Make it a better world. You can do your part just with being kind with your thoughts towards other people.
1: I'm going to piggyback on that and say, we are not kind enough to ourselves.
0: That is true.
1: And I think I think we need to work on that. I think with that, the uh, the ability to show kindness to others, it gets a lot easier. We got to all start cutting ourselves a little bit of slack and quit taking ourselves so damn seriously. And quit it's thinking true, that yeah. every every thought that goes through our minds is worthy of putting out on social media. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: just cut yourself some slack. Yeah. Spend more time enjoying life.
0: Yeah. And reach out. If someone's hurting, you know, reach out for help and hopefully that act of kindness, you'll be able to repay when you're in a better space yourself.
1: Absolutely. JJ, let everybody know where they can find your stuff.
0: I've got myself a YouTube channel. (laughs) Um, All one word, JJ Rose 777. Um, all one word. I have about 15 audios on there. Um, you're not going to see my face. It's just pretty pictures of things that I've painted or drawn, but, um, I, I recommend if you can, if you've had a spiritual awakening rather recently, if you start from the beginning, my intro is just seven minutes of who I am. If you know me on here, that's fine. You can skip that. But, Um, the spiritual awakening and then talking about the different entities and spiritual protection I have an entire video on that and it's all audio so go ahead just let it play while you're doing your laundry or cleaning or whatever and you can just listen to me tell you a whole bunch of cool stuff about spirituality and hopefully make the process a little bit easier because I think as people we want to complicate things and we want to make things harder than they have to be and this is a really exciting and wonderful process and it's so much easier when you can look at it that way
1: you need to start putting out some more content
0: <laughs> thanks a lot all right no pressure <laughs> <laughs> well you, oh, you it i thingy. mean you know
1: you you have what you have out there is really good stuff but you have you have a lot more to say And, uh, I think, I think people are going to start migrating to see what you have out there and they're probably going to start clamoring for more videos.
0: Well, I do have my email on there. If anyone has questions, if you guys have listened to something and you want clarity on something, if there's something in particular, you know, you'd like me to speak on or do an episode on, I'm open to all of that. Again if there are paranormal researchers or if one of you is having in specific an issue um, in your home with something that you quite don't know what it is and you don't have the resources to hire someone local to come out and look, email me. Let me take a look. I, I have a wonderful referral basket as well as people that I've personally vetted that if I'm not able to help out in some way, I can find someone who can.
1: Tell them that email.
0: Um, it is light jj rose seven 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 at gmail.
1: L i g h t, correct.
0: Mm-hmm. All one word.
1: <laughs> Go to our YouTube channel, check out our videos. They're it, they're good.
0: Thank you. If you guys are ready for it, absolutely. That's what it's there for. It's there for the people who need it the reason I put it out on YouTube is because it's free and it's accessible to everyone I'm not trying to make money off of this I don't do this for a living I really just want to help and I want to put some good back into the world and help people help themselves and and be better
1: and that's why you're on here because you're a good person (laughs) you're trying to do good things to help people out and that's what we do so
0: thank you so much Eric for having me again I absolutely adore you and you're absolutely brilliant and I wish you knew how brilliant you
1: are. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that <laughs> other than thank you. but uh, Wow. That, that was very You're kind. You're welcome. I'm I pinching your little cheek. <laughs> <laughs> that, I that mean was, every word. That was very nice. Thank you. Absolutely. Dear, we will talk again, I'm sure. We
0: will. Stay in touch with me, Eric, please. I,
1: I will. Everybody, All right. go check out JJ Rose wonderful wonderful person absolutely adored having you on here
0: have a good night Me too big hugs Eric, thank you thank you
1: I want to hear your story I want to hear your experience so email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com if you enjoy the show then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. All at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.